You're listening to The Green Thumbs Up, brought to you by Miniquip Hire, WA's leading machinery hire company, supporting the Landscape Industries Association, WA. G'day landscapers, welcome to another episode of Green Thumbs Up, a podcast brought to you by Miniquip, West Australia's premier earth-moving company. Joining me today is Matthew Lunn, the Executive Officer of the Landscape Industry, and David Underwood from Domus. G'day Nico, great to see you, and David too. Hi mate, hi Nick. G'day mate, how are you? Good thanks, yourselves? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I feel, as I said in some of our other interviews uh, tonight, which we've done, is that we feel like we're living here because we were down here, of course, on Friday for the launch of the podcast, Nick, and wasn't that a great night? Yeah, I thought it went pretty well. Like, we had 60, 70 people through the door on a, you know, Australia Day sort of long weekend, a lot of people away, but it was well supported, and I had a great time. But I Dave, really did was, have a good night. Dave, it was great to see you down here. Watched a bit of the cricket as well. We had yeah, life. yeah, it was good fun. The pizzas were great, and the uh, yeah, the pools were used. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to see Nick. You know, people are starting to listen to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm not lying. Uh, only probably ten seconds ago, I'd have got a text from one of our chippies that had said, "Just been listening to the podcast, and you know, great effort. Really loves it." So, I mean, there's another one. You know, Another I one. don't know. I mean, are we up to two <laughs> listeners now? Two or listeners. That, yeah. Well, David's on. We might go to three. No, I've, I've listened to a few. Yeah. <laughs> and Benno, behind the controls as always, great to see you. Yeah, you've How done you a great, great job behind the scenes making this all happen for us. So much appreciated. Okay, Dave. Well, I've known you for a number of years, so it's easy for me to sit here and I know your uh, career path. But let's tell our listeners uh, a little bit about David Underwood. Who's David? Okay, so... Yeah, I've been in the industry about 15 years now. It started when I was in my sort of late teens. Back in the UK, I worked in a production retail nursery for a number of years in between university and studies before coming out to Australia. I was offered the opportunity to work at Waldex and got sponsorship to stay in Australia and become a permanent resident okay. through them. From there, I moved on to Dawson's and now up to Domus. So I've been at Domus since February. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. And, and look, that career path is, you know, you've been through some quality places. Can I just ask you straight away, what's the difference from English horticulture to Perth, West Australian <laughs> horticulture? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, very different. Uh, England's very, very uh, humid and, you know, the environment's much, much softer. So you can grow a much bigger range of your perennials, your softer plants, the things you're sort of looking at magazines and dream of. But over here in Perth, we're pretty lucky. The sheer range of native plants that are you know, suitable to our climate here are pretty unbelievable, really, especially if you're coming from outside of Western Australia, looking in, uh, there's, there's nothing quite like it. So, so you started, obviously, when you, when you came, you got a sponsorship, you came and worked for Waldex. What, was it more retail or was it for their, one of their wholesale nurseries? Nick, I originally started up at um, Pine Lake, which is their wholesale nursery. Yep. And after a few weeks there, I was asked to go and work in the office. So I moved from, from the wholesale production side of things through to the retail, and, and that's where I really progressed. So became their retail manager and sort of jumped between the four stores they had, supporting the crew out on the ground there and, and helping to push the business forwards. And of course, one of their stores is just next door here. At Kingsley, it is. The famous Kingsley store. Yeah, beautiful. We used to have beautiful lake views. The, uh, the bush has grown up a bit now, yeah. but it's, it's still a beautiful spot. Yeah, well, I think... I've, I worked there for a, for a number of years. I was a yeah. trolley boy at the start. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I went 
worked around the Waldetz Group and for, for some of their other businesses and even Mark. At, obviously, too, I, too I, I met Mark mm. during, oh. during my times there as well. So, I mean, everyone's, you know, they're, they're a great start, I guess, for a lot of people in the industry. Yep. Yeah, there seem to be a lot of people in the industry who worked at either Waldex or Dawson's or both. Yeah, yeah. So now, Domus, tell us about Domus. What's your role? What's your position? So I'm, I suppose, head of sales, business development. So I work with the, the sales team and also our production propagation team up at, uh, up at the site. And we look at sort of new trends. We try on new plants and, and we sort of try and, try and predict where future trends are going to head in terms of plant selection, plant choice, plants that are suitable for our environment. We do a lot of trials on site. So we try a lot of plants that might be suitable on the East Coast or perform very, very well over there. But over here, our weather's quite different, so uh, it's always good to trial. We do full sun, part sun, and shade trials with the majority of plants before we commit to buying and growing. Yeah, fantastic. And what a, uh, before we get more into those plants, Hackett's Gully, what a beautiful part. Nick, Nico, have you been up to? Yeah, yeah, I've uh, been down at Domus a, a few times. I, I'm a, I think I get lost still every time I do head out there. But, um, <laughs> it is a bit of a worry. Yeah, it's, yeah. You, you sort of down, turn left, up a hill, down a hill, you know. But yeah. Oh, it is an amazing place. And it's, you know, some of the plants you grow out there, are, you know, you, you just don't get at some of the other nurseries. So it is worth the drive out there, I think, and, and a lot of your customers probably understand that. So yeah, yeah, definitely. We grow, grow a lot of stuff that is either hard to find or hard to propagate. So yeah, we, we do encourage clients to come on site and have a look at what's, what's so, being grown. So being the sales manager, like what sort of makeup, where do your sales come from? Is it, is it all retail businesses that you sell to your, your other nurseries or is it landscapers you know where how, how do you how do you get your sale yeah so probably 40 45 percent of our sales come from retail uh, the rest of them come from a mix of landscape and local government so we sell a lot to shires and and local government groups including sort of government groups like the city of perth and then we've got a lot of landscapers who come up and purchase directly from us or use us through through their clients yep yep so, I mean, obviously, you know, some of the plants you talked about, you know, you've got to research and look for them. I mean, in this market, with the inability to probably travel and go and see some plants, I mean, worldwide, I, I guess there's, there's fairs and shows that you can go and have a look at some of these things. What do you do now? Is it internet-based or do you still get to travel? How, how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this, this year we missed the trials week over in Victoria, although most of the rest of Australia was able to attend that. We had to attend via video, video call, which considering has been used wide or far and wide recently, is still very temperamental. Yeah. But yeah, so, so we, got, we got personal tours of, of their trials that they'd set up, but remotely. So we're still able to attend, but just not in person and uh, still allowed us to look at a lot of things. Yeah. But I guess the touch and feel and, you know, that you miss that. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, and you, yeah. I mean, I'm sure over the years you've got to see certain plants and you're like, oh my God. We need that because that is going to sell. I mean, I know there's different West Stringers that you grow and, and other things, you know, like, you know, I go down there and I'm like, oh my God, what is that? You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were always, so, always looking for something a bit different, a bit yeah, new. Yeah. But yeah, there's nothing quite like picking a plant up, being able to smell if it's got a, a scent to its flowers and, and having a good look at the foliage, the structure, and um, yeah, how, how well that's going to perform in a garden setting. But one of the questions I want to, I've got two really important questions to ask you, Dave. First one is the time it takes to produce plants. I don't think people realise that cost buying a quality plant from a, a accredited nursery 
what are they really getting? Sometimes they look at the top half always and it's flowering, but it's the effort that goes into producing that root ball. Tell us about the length of time to, from selection, growing, propagation to, to, to Nico going and buying it. What's involved? Yeah, so it's, it's a long process. It can take upwards of three or four years sometimes to get a, a plant from, from seed or, or cutting all the way through to the product you see on the shelf. So it's, it's not as simple as just print and go. So starts in propagation, seeds, we either get those from the East Coast or locally. They go on to be tubed up or, or put into seed trays. And then eventually you can take up to, up to a year, a year and a half, they go into a pot in the nursery. And that can be another 12 to 18 months at times before that plant is then saleable. So there's a lot that goes into that. There's, there's a lot of sort of work put into the potting mix, the potting medium, drainage, watering, fertilizing, pest disease control. All for twelve ninety five. Exactly, yeah. So you know, phenomenal amount of work behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. And then my second question is that when we meet a lot of the landscapers, the designers from particularly our friends at Walder, the West Australian Landscape Designers Association, the selection of plants, they sort of say, well, where is the variety? Where's the selection? We don't, you know, if you were in the East and Melbourne or Sydney, you've got this different selection. Why don't we have the selection? Maybe it's because there's more natives we're not using. We, we do. We do have the selection. So we grow over a thousand different varieties each year, and that's always changing. So... Do you think it's because, sorry to butt in, perennials? Is it because we're not really growing the variety of perennials that perhaps yeah, we, would be more attractive? Yeah, we definitely don't touch on too many perennials. Over winter, they're okay. But uh, during summer, we, we struggle to keep them alive in a pot. Mm. And we want a product at the end of the day that goes to the customer that we're confident in and the customer can be confident that when they plant it, it's going to survive and thrive. Yeah, well, I think as a, you know, as, as a consumer, a landscaper, I think a lot of our clients probably force that as well. And you know, there just isn't that market. Well, there, I think there was, I think when I first started 20, 25 years ago at Waldex, it seemed to be a bigger, a far bigger enterprise. But these days, it's, yeah, it's definitely changed. I, I yeah, there's, there's still a demand for it. You've still got a lot of people who see the sort of glossy magazines and they see the wonderful pictures of all those lovely sort of softscapes that they do over in Victoria and Tasmania. But unfortunately, yeah, it's just not realistic to do that. Hey, we can do it with similar plants, but plants that are much tougher. You talked about trends and following trends. Uh, Nick talked about Westringers a little earlier on, one of my favourites. What are you predicting? We're, indoor plants are still right out there. Succulents had a big move. Where do you think we're going with planting? Oh, interesting. It's, it's pretty hard to predict at the moment. It's fluctuated massively over the past 24 months. Indoor plants are actually slowing down a little bit. We're seeing a reduction in, in interest in those, but People seem to move to the outdoors. They're looking more for, for hedging, screening, sort of valuing their privacy a little bit more. And they want something that's tough, robust, fast growing, but low maintenance. More edible? To a degree. I think the edibles are still, still popular. We do uh, a good range of tucker bush, so that's sort of lo- local endemic or native uh, edibles to Australia. Uh, and that's a good range that you can consider for, especially for water-wise gardens, a lot of that's quite drought tolerant. But yeah, I think it's, it's difficult to predict the trends of the future, but we're always, always trying to find the next one. Nico, so when you go to your clients and you talk about the planting plan and what you're putting together, do they just go, I want low maintenance? Or do they um, go, I want a native? No, or I, I think a lot say? of people want that, you know, as Dave was saying, the, the low maintenance, you know, you know, compact growers, gardens are smaller now, so they won't want things that, you know, suit their environment, but don't need tending to constantly so 
you know, you're trying to look for, for compact growers. Hedging is quite popular. I think, you know, those greens and, and foliage colours that you get with the greys and the greens and, you know, those contrasts are quite, quite popular and te- different textures as well in, in landscaping. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's like I'd, I'd, I'd hate to do Dave's job and be forecasting what's going to be popular in you know a few years I've, I've i've got a friend who owns a nursery and he showed me he went to america and they had magnolia little gems at a nursery and it was i'm not kidding you this nursery was probably the size of perth and they had that many of these little gems and they would they could you couldn't honestly even give them away so i guess it was you know they forecast to to grow these plants you know by the million in, in america a few years ago and obviously they've been stuck with a lot of them so I think you know nurseries probably have that problem where they they get on the back of a bandwagon and they they are famous for that and then obviously things may change. So is that is that something that's happened, Dave? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, even this year we've noticed plants that were were incredibly popular or have been incredibly popular for the past three, four, five years have really slowed this year, and and things that we wouldn't expect to move have, have really started to pick up. So it, it's really hard to predict. Well, and, and going back to that, so a lot of seeing the news, supply chains, all these sort of issues, planting and nurseries when the coronavirus first kicked off in, in Australia, I think some of the retail nurseries were more or less overrun with people, yeah, you know, edibles initially, but I think it was then people just spending more time in their gardens. And then, so you forecast to grow a thousand philodendrons and probably would have sold them within the first week. So, you know, yeah, you say it easily. takes two years yeah. to grow this plant. What do you do for the next two years? You, you, you fill a gap with whatever you can, yeah. <laughs> whatever you can get hold of or, or similar plants. But yeah, we've only just started to catch up as an industry with the, um, the peak of the demand that we had back in 2020. And, and yet again, with what's happening on the East Coast, we're, we're, we're struggling again to get stock through, you know, reduced team numbers over there and transport issues. It's making it harder again, and we're still seeing a, an increase in in demand, which is great. But it does come with its challenges. Yeah. And so when you when you look for a plant, do you are you looking for cutting edge new ones like the PVR, the plant variety, right, or old fashioned plants that you can grow? You I mean, how do you do it? Is it- yeah, it's, it's a bit of both, Nick. So uh, sort of older plants that have that have had their day, I suppose, in the past have, have really come back around. Things like Pittosporum, Miss Mufford, they've come back into fashion recently so, so it's a case of you know talking to our customers seeing what they're they're asking for and what they're demanding and the same kind of you know goes with new plants we're, we're always looking for varieties that in particular at the moment are, are tall thin and narrow or, or really small and compact because people have got smaller and smaller yards yeah, and they want to fit more and more into them so it's it's about what can we get into a garden space that, that looks great or, or for a landscape but doesn't take up a lot of space in his maintenance. We often get criticised in our industry for the fact that we have landscapers out there who perhaps can build and construct, don't have that green, you know, the plant knowledge. Yeah. Do you see that often when you speak to landscapers, you're having to guide, perhaps they come to you for that advice, so I guess that's great, but we need to you know, fill in that void, don't, don't we? Yeah, I think there's always been a, not necessarily a lack of knowledge, but a lack of understanding and perhaps plants not put in the right places. But uh, we, we've always been open about this and we always will be. If, if you need advice or if you want to plant a plant that you've not planted before, we're more than happy to give guidance. And we often in, in, encourage, encourage customers to ask because especially with new lines, you, you may not be sure of what they can or can't handle. The labels aren't always 
true to how they perform over here. A lot of the labels are written and printed over east, and and so they're designed and and written around the climate conditions over there. So something that has a full sun little logo on it over here will probably frazzle in full sun. So so, so putting it in full shade or part shade, that's knowledge that's picked up locally. So please feel free to to ask. Yeah, I always think of that with Clivias or Clivias, however you want to pronounce them. When they're in Sydney Botanic Gardens, it's full yeah. sun. Yeah, they look stunning. Whereas but here, it's tucked underneath the veranda. Yep, full yeah, full shade. Yeah. Yep. Dave, in terms of Liawa, why is it important to you to be involved in Liawa? I, I think every, every industry needs a, an industry body, and I, I think the landscape industry will certainly benefit from, from having Liawa. Um, and to be a part of it helps with that sort of networking, that communication, that building of relationships. Uh, and, and that building understanding and and as a bit of a portal for help or support if it's ever needed amongst the industry. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking today about government recognition. It's one of our uh, top things that we want to tick off in the next few years with with our state government. Do you see, you know, do you think we could do it? I, I think so. And I think it's about time. I, I think the industry could, could do with our recognition. And, and could do with you know, the government being behind it and supporting it, especially in terms of sort of... That's the Premier, just yeah. calling in. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> I think that was someone just grabbing my next beer, actually. So. Yeah, no, I think, I think the industry could, uh, could definitely do with the recognition it deserves. Yeah, because if you think back into the UK, I mean, horticulture is probably right up there in terms of a trade and professionalism. And yeah, and there's some very well-established uh, institutions over there yeah. and industry bodies, yeah. yeah so... From our perspective, it's important as a group that we lay those foundations. We might be the, you know, the custodians of setting those foundations, and then go, go, go forward. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to just mention is our thanks to Domus for supporting the podcast. Uh, you're also putting the naming rights to our trade night, which we're looking forward to on March the 16th. Yeah, looking forward to that, Matt, and that should be a good evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the last one was good, and I know you guys came down and brought some new plants and. Yeah, I think I think the more our allied members, I guess, the nurseries, soil, you know, whoever it is, get behind the the industry, I think the better we'll be, the stronger we'll be, and the better for you guys and us landscapers, I guess. You know, like we're all gonna grow together. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important. We can all help each other and and, and support each other. Um, so you've joined us as a board member too, which is great. Yes, uh, yep. thank you for doing that. What are you hoping to sort of bring on board? What, what's, what's your skill set, Dave? <laughs> well, well, I mean, ho- hopefully knowing what your, sort of your average customers or clients might, might want in terms of yeah. plant ranges and, and experience in, in retail, uh, I think I can bring a, a bit of that to the board. Customer service, of course, is a very important part of, of being a landscaper and, um, and being out there. And, and it's important to hold on to your customers and, and build that customer base. So I think, I think bringing that experience and that background with me will help. Yep. And and the podcast, are you enjoying it? I am. Yep. I think this is a great really great listen. thing to have. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, with the launch party on Friday and, and moving forwards, I think it'll be a great great addition to the industry. Yeah, I think it's been it's been a bit of fun. And that's the whole idea is what we've said before is getting landscapers together, even if they don't want to come to an event like we had on Friday. You know, a lot of people are nervous, they're sole operators, they don't really know anyone but they can sit in their car and listen to stories like you mine alessio you know other people in the industry that have that have told their stories and and they'll get something from it so i think it it is a good resource you know and it's been 
know, we're having a couple of beers and it's good to get to know you, David, and um, I'm having fun doing it. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's good fun. Now, this time last year, we were virtually walking into the Awards of Excellence. Yeah, 130 we were allowed and we had 130 in there. We can grow that event, don't you reckon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think the turnout was great. Everyone had a had an awesome night and I think I think the feedback from it that we got outside of uh, the industry through through the business was was good as well. So I think moving forward that can definitely grow as an event. We need to bring in the grassroots though at that awards. We need to acknowledge these newcomers coming into our industry. Yeah, I think it's important to have to have yeah, entries for, for all and, and not just award the sort of leading industries all the time. It's good that the smaller guys get a bit of recognition for the, for the hard work and the time they put in, especially with limited resources. Yeah. Now, David, behind the scenes, uh, outside the garden and nursery and all that stuff, tell us a bit about, you know, Clara and your lovely son, Nico. It's great. Yeah, we have got a, a great little family. It's been a bit of a struggle, I suppose, really, with, with the borders being closed and not having any, any family over, but uh, hopefully that'll, that'll be over soon. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. Got a few sleepless <laughs> nights? Oh, many. Are you yeah, on and, duty um, at night time? Yes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> not always, but sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'll go back to plants. I mean, just because I've always been involved. I love, I love plants. That was sort of my first calling, I guess. What are, what are some of the favourite plants that you're growing out at Domus at the moment? Oh, probably, probably some of some of my favourites. Um, the the Herbertia grossilifolia, which is a um, a ground cover from the southwest of WA. Love shade, great for really shady spots in the garden. Good for under gum trees. Doesn't seem to mind having leaves dropped all over it. It has a little yellow flower and very drought tolerant. Got a fleshy sort of leaf. The, yeah, reasonably like fleshy. Scandons or not? Yeah, similar yeah. to the scandons, but but a bit more like a geranium leaf in, in shape. Okay, but but small and compact with. Red stems, so quite a striking, low-growing sort of ground cover. Some of our others are kangaroo paws, the bush pearls in particular, and then for, for sort of smaller garden trees, yeah, things like the eucalyptus victrix, great plant, good contrasting bark on that. If you if you're very coastal, things like the casuarina cousinid is extremely tough. Oh, they're amazing, uh, and they're a they great really plant. They really are. Like they're they're an interesting plant as well to look at, and they sort of pour themselves over yeah, rocks and walls and, and just. Yeah, it's amazing how they sort of grow like a little bubble. Yeah, side. yeah, and yeah. incredibly tough. Not, not a lot seems to attack them. They don't mind a bit of salt. They're, Unbelievable. They're really like good. even in any soil type, really. But if you, you know, if you encourage the soil and do a little bit of help, they grow in front of your eyes. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Put a bit of water on them, and, and yeah. they're away. And then probably one of my other favourites that we we grow all year round is the um the carex, the featherfalls, uh, which is a, a stunning mounding variegated grass. Incredibly tough. That'll take full shade or full sun. Coastal, up in the hills and clay, it'll take a frost. Uh, pretty amazing plant, really. And if it ever gets a bit ratty looking, just give it a good haircut and it bounces back. So, your favourite plants does that translate into the most sales? Like, or is like what? Are you, what no, are you, no, definitely not. What are no. you? What are you? Your number one line at Domus? Like, what are you? You know, your bush gems, I guess, have been popular over. God, 10 plus years now, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, easy, easily that, if not more. But, but funny enough, the bush pearls, the pink, the pink pearl kangaroo pearl, yep. that's, um, that's our top selling plant. Oh, really? year, year in, year out, it has oh. been for a while. Um, just can't go past it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, that bush range is quite stunning, really. And some of the colours, even I don't, I always go to nurseries now because I don't always get to them as I used to, but... When I do go and have a look, I'm like, oh, my God. 
Like that is where did that come from? So, you know, some of those some of those new varieties, you know, you must just see some amazing plants. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we've got plenty of new and exciting releases coming up as well. But and I'll tell uh, you, one of the most yeah. exciting things at your nursery is when the baronias are flowering. Oh, the scent, the whole, oh, the whole valley, you can smell, the whole you valley can smell smells it. of it. Literally yeah. back in Kalamunda, as you can yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Are they yeah. still popular? Because I remember back in the Waldex days, they used to sell them by the thousand when they were flowering. But, I mean, not, as a landscaper, I wouldn't say I'd use too many of them. No, not, not as popular as they were. But I think as a, as a bunch, a relatively cheap bunch of flowers or, or cut flowers for in the home, they're, they're a great addition. Oh, amazing, yeah. Because you make your home smell or beautiful. Pop culture? Pop culture? You yeah, yeah, you can put them in a pot. Them damp, yeah, they like that damp. Yeah. Full, full shade in the garden as well. If you improve your soil, they'll, they'll do particularly well. Yeah. Well, look, it's been absolutely terrific speaking to you and hearing about your journey behind the scenes of how a nursery works and the types of plants that are coming forward into our industry. Look, on behalf of, of Liawa, thank you so much, not only Domus, for their support for the podcast, but also giving the time up for you to be involved in the board as well. We're looking forward to working with you. Nico, it's been great. Yeah, no, thanks, David. I, I appreciate you coming down and um, yeah, I've had fun and it's a yeah, great journey you've been on and hopefully we get to hear a bit more about it. David. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Many really thanks. enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing you a lot more of you. Good on you, mate. You've been listening to The Green Thumbs Up, brought to you by the Landscape Industries Association, WA, sponsored by Mini Quip Hire.